Russian mercenaries with the Wagner Group organization are withdrawing from the outskirts of the city of Bakhmut to be replaced by regular government soldiers. That's according to Ukraine's defense ministry. It appears to at least partially confirm statements from the group's founder, Jenny Prigozhin. Since last year, there are now 114 countries actively exploring the idea or pilot project of a central bank digital currency. Countries which make up 95% of the global GDP. Ditch Russian gold or lose access to G7 markets. The UAE, meanwhile, has long had a thriving gold industry. Trade data shows it imported about 750 tons of pure gold a year. back to our world news program where the resistance chicks leah and michelle so we are here early today we are here early today you might not even know we're here you know most of the time we're like 45 minutes late so mm -hmm. legit we're two hours early people don't even know what to do with themselves at this <laughs> it's point not here like the, uh, it's the invasion of the body snatchers <laughs> so this week leah and i have spent hours digging holes for bodies mm. there are many bodies now buried in our backyard that's oh a joke okay so but but mm. if i now know that physically i am capable of digging deep enough to bury the bodies okay you know you watch all the movies okay where the bodies are buried in the backyard oh my we must have moved 150 wheelbarrows. And you know when you get down to that, like, I don't know where all y'all live around the world and what kind of soil you have well, what, what kind I... of earth gets down to the center no, of the like, world. There's no burying bodies because, like, my question is, if you actually buried a body, where'd you put the dirt? That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> there will be evidence of moving a lot of earth. The, look, the best way to get rid of a body is in concrete. But that's <laughs> not why I'm talking about all this. Okay. We, at one point, we had a, a an above-ground pool in our backyard. And we yeah. we thought that we had it levelish. Levelish. You can't level a pool without a transit, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's literally impossible to do. Yeah. So this week, Lee and I were digging and digging and digging and digging and digging for, like, five hours a day. I kid you not. Like, our uncle nonstop. Wanted, he knew that I would like, I wanted to replace my little Walmart Intex pool Okay, that we got for like two hundred thirty bucks on clearance. Uh, clearance though. one year. It was like a, at the time it was like a seven hundred fifty dollar pool. That was way back when that was reasonable. Yeah, and but we we don't spend money on things like that. No. So it's frivolous. But for two or three years, I've been looking to replace it because it gets hot and we are outside a lot. And um, Uncle Jack's like, let's do this. And his son, our cousin, 
don't know if we should <clears throat> say. Let's not say it on air. No, he just says. However, pool he has a pool company, and I'm not going to say whether we get a good deal or not. No, I'm just saying that he came and helped. Yes, and so yesterday, we have we now have a pool that is half full of water. Half full. It's filling. Yeah. An inch an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, back there in our backyard, and he's coming today to finish the job. Mm -hmm. And of course, because he's doing this work for us, we should be there. So we thought, all right, here's what we're gonna do. We're going to do our world news program. Mm -hmm. We're just going to do it a little bit early rather than a little bit late. Y'all don't even know what to do with yourself. You know what they're going to say from now on, Leah? What's that? If you guys are capable of doing this world news program two hours early, why are you always late? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They're going to hold us to this now. We'll see. Oh, my God. Okay, so for our world news program today, Leah, has the Russian war backfired? We'll see. I'm going to, yeah, I was actually starting at the different. <laughs> I'm going over the titles. Would you roll with me? You know, this is the, I got something in my eyeball. This I is the most into this article in your life. unprofessional show that you watch, which is, I think, why you watch it. Okay, so let me just, I will go over the top stories that we have for you today. <laughs> Olive oil prices are will soar because the top producer has been plagued with a drought, and we all cook with you olive act oil. Like there was a segue of burying bodies, concrete, and swimming pools to olive oil, and I ruined it by talking about Russia, our top story. Bakhmut <laughs> is back into the hands of Russia. But will it stay there? Zelensky has been meeting with world leaders, and that could have been the title. I always think of a better title every time I start the show. I Zelensky meets with world leaders, and G said something. See, you don't summit. know what it is. It's another summit in Japan. Stop with the summits, man. It's another summit. It's another summit. What another a waste world of summit. Money, oh my gosh, he wants summits. more money. Wants more ships. Well, and has the Russian war. <laughs> Uh, it's not that the war has backfired on Putin. It's that um, his the Wagner guy, Pishogi. Um, his name's really Pishogi. I do, just like roll I, with the name as it I'm rolls off my tongue. Pierogies. Okay, now it's I not hungry. Okay, roll. It's, it's a very hard to pronounce nice name. So you were, every time I have a hard time pronouncing it, you say. Just roll with it. <laughs> and every time I roll with it, you call it out. Like, I don't even know what, what, what to do anymore. First of all, I'm I can't, so tired. I, like, my eyes are, like, heavy. Can you heavy. roll with so me? So I'm at the slap happy stage. This is going to be a great show. Just step aside. I have news <laughs> to bring to these people. Okay, so Pashogi, Pashogi, Pashogi. <laughs> he had all these ex-cons come and join his little Wagner group. They secured Bakhmut. But and yes, they handed over to the official Russians. They are mercenaries, okay? They're handed over to the Russian troops, and he's like, he literally said, "If you can't keep it, you should kill yourself and shoot yourself in the head." No, like, dude is maniac, and he is constantly calling out Putin. He's like, Putin, Putin. your war, we winning it for you, but your goals of demilitarization, your goals of denazification. There's now more Nazis, and you see for every 50 tanks, U.S. West give them 5,000. No, no, no. We are on your front. We have, we are losing because there is more military here now. We are not demilitarizing Ukraine, okay? They have more booms. They have more... <laughs> <laughs> they have more more I know aircraft where the show is going when and you where say booms. 
Yeah, more boobs. You say boobs and accent. We know where the rest of the show goes. I was trying There's to decide whether it should be bombs or boom. It's a boom. It's a bomb. I think it's a bomb. And so I thought he'd say booms. You say bomb. No, I said I bum. thought he would say booms. Bomb. Booms. Bomb. Okay, I think mm. I try to I try to channel Wagner Group for a moment. So okay, how about don't ever try to channel the Wagner in my group. speech. No. In my speech, to, right. to put yourself in the, in the Russian Ukrainian war for one moment. Olive for oil. one moment. Olive oil. Presses. I am not there yet. <laughs> I am still trying to explain to you <laughs> why we have more bombs <laughs> in Ukraine now. Okay, we didn't have them before, <laughs> and now they have them. And so Putin, you said, we want to make sure their military not so strong. Putin, their military way stronger, man. Okay, and I tell the world, they need to know. Okay, so then they had like 5,000 army. Okay, no good army. And now they be trained by like super, uh, you know, U.S. elite and you... Uh, and they've got big army now. So it's not working. But it can work because I Wagner and group and we will we got you back moot. It should be Wagner. It's now Wagner Wugner. Okay, now Spain. Now, hey, listen, this is gonna wow. be detrimental to our health. Let's listen up. So we're going to Spain. Spain has actually had a very severe drought in parched soils and have sent olive oil prices to levels not seen in more than 10 years. Yeah, this is a problem because olive oil is already expensive. It is. The surge in olive oil prices along with fresh produce is exasperating already high food prices as the Northern Hemisphere uh, summer starts in less than a month. Now, Barry uh, Boz has sent me an article saying that inflation is getting so bad in the UK. First, they tried to tell everybody just... Yes, inflation is higher. Just do more with less. Now Rishi Sunak is trying to put some price caps on grocery stores. That you know you're out of control when you're at price controls for like bread and milk. Right. Exactly. Okay. But uh, with the olive oil data from Bloomberg shows that Spanish extra virgin olive oil prices jumped two hundred percent. Oh wow! Since twenty twenty, um, the highest level since twenty ten. <clears throat> output in the country could more than half this season due to arid conditions. Bloomberg said Spain accounts for 40% of the world supply, indicating prices across Europe and other regions are going to be pushed higher. Hmm. Did you know California makes olive oil? You know, I did actually. And actually, I was seeing a, I was actually, this might not be horrible news. I don't know. The olive oil, I think, coming out of Europe should be the best. But, from what I understand, some olive oil in California is, like, more organic. I don't know how this works, but it's, it takes less to get here. Well, no, it really doesn't. Because California to Ohio, across the ocean, it's, it's, it's the probably about the same. Mass. Yeah, probably about the same. Drought conditions in Spain have been exasperated by above-average temperatures that could be due to emerging... El Nino weather patterns. I like that this article does not say climate change. You said but, exasperating twice. And I, if you had done it once, I wasn't going to correct you. Exacerbating. Tough, tough one. So tough. It, the first time you said it, I bit my, I literally like, I don't correct it. And then the second time you said it, I had to say, I'm sorry. Just read it real slow when you go to read it. When... It's the. It, Do the, you know that? The, but the nails on the chalkboard produces nails on the chalkboard to me when you correct that kind of correction. On air. 
it literally is the same kind of nails. So what you're doing is exchanging your nails for nails in my brain. Okay, so I'll take the hit. That's what you have to. I will. On number one, I took the hit. And on number two, then you have to take it. The second time you have to hit. (laughs) Exacerbated. Michelle has a thing. It's like chewing ice. There's a there if I if there are word pronunciation for Michelle. Even if she pronounces it wrongly in her own head, which has happened. <laughs> it does times, totally happen. Yeah, it does. She will on air. <laughs> not because she's trying to like make a correction to make it so that you guys know what I'm saying. It's just like, no, this is hurting me really badly and I need you to stop. That's exactly accurate. Even though you know I'm probably not gonna use that word again. In the article, you mean? I'm done. I'm done with that one. I don't think that particular author liked that word. Obviously didn't have a sister that mispronounced it around her. And and maybe she did. Maybe this author wanted to use that because maybe they had a problem pronouncing words. And maybe they used a word that they had a hard time pronouncing in their article. So Carolyn says, chill, time out. You know it's nails on the chalkboard for everybody else, too. I know it is. It's a disability. <laughs> she has. I have it, a disability because so you know what else? When I'm chewing in the house. No. I, how, my, the things that you do with me never end up on air because I'm not allowed to eat on air. Okay. And so, but if I'm I chewing around you. What do I just leave? But do you I don't leave make you stop? in a manner that is like, I can't with you right now. I do not leave in a manner. Yeah, like- I, yes, it is. And I feel Feel it. She can't handle chewing. I like Leah cannot be around people if she can hear you chewing. She it is the same feeling that I get when you say the word wrong. And I can't leave the show. All right, you know what else you can't leave? That's coming down the track. Lord have mercy on my soul. The transition to CBDCs. All right, now this is a slow moving (sighs) iceberg. That there's no stopping, but by the power of God, it's coming. And there are people all around the world, and they have their little telescopes out. And they are literally saying, I see it coming, I see it coming. Okay. Now we need to get some sort of nuclear bomb that's not nuclear, because we don't want nuclear fallout, to blow up the iceberg. Because it, But it is coming. So prayer is uh, sunlight. Ah, the best cure, the best disinfectant, the best melter of ice. Okay, we need some warm waters and some sunlight. So we told you guys about the transition that they tried to do in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Nigerians in Africa were using Bitcoin. Now, I might make my mom a little upset on this, but we'll see. I don't mean to. When you're in a system... And you can't get out of the system. What Nigerians did was they worked their way outside of the system and traded in Bitcoin. Right. Well, and you know what? This kind of goes to show you that I believe now maybe mom won't be upset. Mom hates Bitcoin, by the way. I believe that <laughs> see that bitcoin is like Melchizedek in the bible oh my god it has no father 
It has no mother. It has no beginning. It has no end. It does have it an has end no, because there is a finite amount of it bitcoins has, that can be mined. It has no life. It is. It, no one knows where it came from. That's a fact. Nobody knows where it's going. But what you've just given it is divinity. By making that's what Bitcoin Bitcoiners believe it is divine. That's that's the way it is faith. Use this Bitcoin. It's by faith. Mm-hmm. It's only completely by faith because I don't. Nobody knows who really. If you ask a Bitcoiner, they'll tell you who created it. But I don't know this guy. Is he on CNN all the time? Have you met him? I don't know his name. Who Who is the inventor and where did he come up with this idea? And is he wealthier? And where are these little coins? And how did he, how did he throw them into the universe? How did he create them and put them into the universe to where you have to mine for them and find them? Who is this Wizard of Oz? <laughs> That's what I want to know. So Carolyn says to pray. That's the answer to pray. Thank you, Carolyn. Yes. So when it comes to CBDCs and Bitcoin, I believe the reason there's so much mystery and Bitcoin is shrouded in mystery and confusion is because it's a CIA world. And I don't think it's just a CIA. I think it is a world operation to get you used to the CBDCs. And the transition. I believe that this, I know without a shadow of a doubt that Bitcoin is a PSYOP. Okay, it's a PSYOP. So Nigerians were using Bitcoin with a semblance of what they thought was freedom. And they had more freedom using the Bitcoin. They really did. They had a little more liberty. They were able to kind of do their purchases and and there was a free flow. And people were like, yes, I like this. Mm -hmm. But you know what the government did? The government pulled the cash from Nigeria and tried to foist on them their Inaria, which is a CBDC, a central bank digital currency. All right. I have a YouTube up. I want to play about, I thought I did. And that's the Russian gold shipments. There's one to the right. No, that one's not it. All right, I'm going to keep going on the article here because I had, I will find it in history. Yeah, you should. You should be able to find it in history. So the transition to CBDCs in Nigeria did not go as planned. The elites all always seek out African nations. Uh, I don't think I do. Just, just you okay. can skip that. To use as their test subjects, Nigeria attempted to slowly roll out the program dubbed Inaria built on the uh, Hyperledger Fabric blockchain. The central bank of Nigeria, the CBN, is solely responsible for running the nodes of this digital currency. Beginning stress tests. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a little tiny, I think it's a Twitter. I think it's a, it might be a tweet that I just tweeted out. Um, let me see. It was, um, I wanted you to see their cash. Like cache cash? No. Or um, like cash, like cash. Shredded. Hey, look at my Twitter and see if you see a, okay. a little video from One Africa. One second. Because my video, my computer's not coming up. There is a, a video of, of Nigeria showing, um, it basically looked like mulch. And then I was like, oh my gosh, that's just shredded money. Beginning the stress test stated uh, this currency could execute 2,000 transactions per section. In October of 2021, the government began offering incentives. incentives. <laughs> there's incentives and there's disincentivizing one thing. Um, scroll down. No, no, that's okay. A year later, the country was still hesitant to make the switch. 
that's that's it yeah that's the policy catch um so the central bank began implementing forceful measures in october 2022 the cbn decided to cancel and resign the currency go ahead play this all their money okay a year later the country still hesitant to make the switch so the central bank began implementing forceful measures uh into october 2022 the cbn decided to cancel and resign the currency and a move aimed at restoring the control of the cbn uh which is a cbdc over currency and circulation uh they stated that the original paper notes would only be legal tender until january 31st of 2023 mm. leaving the people with no alternative but to convert their cash Nigerians were no stranger to the concept of currency cancellation as it is something the government has routinely done. The CBN openly announced that the end goal was a was to target 100% and a 100% cashless society in Africa. Wow. Africa. That means they want every African to have a cell phone and every and where are you getting all this electricity and how am I going to make a transaction if I got to go uh, you know out a ways? Do you guys have reception electricity everywhere? I mean, like, you'd walk around with little, like, solar-powered cell phones. Like, in Africa is the last place I would think that they would try to roll out a cashless society. I know, I know. Like, this is not, like, they're still, like, herding goats, man. Like, <laughs> this is not fair. Okay, uh, replaced with the Inaria. The e, I just don't see E anything when I think, I mean, like, they are trying to force a Wakanda monetary system without a Wakanda infrastructure. Okay, if you're gonna have a Wakanda monetary system, you gotta like be able to plug into that invisible force field and like charge your phone real quick or something. There ain't no places like randomly to charge your phone. Like, how is it that you can make somebody do a transaction that requires electricity? Is every every transaction you make is gonna cost you even more money because you have to do it electronically? That costs you money. Electrics, electronics cost money to run, man. If I hand you a dollar. My arm, like, maybe burned a calorie, <laughs> but it ain't gonna cost me no money, right? I gotta plug in my phone, and you gotta plug in yours, and then it has to go. You, know, and you, that's you gotta... burn more calories using this because it's pretty heavy. Mm. The CBN openly announced 100% uh, cashless society was its goal. Fewer than 0.5% Nigerians adopted the Inaria. So, I don't know if you guys can do all math. the money. Hang on, wait, wait, wait. If Less than 0.5% adopted it, and they, they've shredded the cash. I think they're still doing Bitcoin. I don't know if they outlawed it, but okay. I don't know what they're doing. I, 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 I'm trading goats? I don't know. Um, protests uh, erupted. So Inaria redesigned facts and figures. You can see over 80% of the currency in circulation are outside of the banking system. Um, we should do a like, little... Yeah, looks like looks like a lot of it is done outside of the banking system. We should do a little mental exercise, right? I just did this very briefly in my head just now. If it came to something like this in our, with us, mm -hmm. and you could no longer use cash. We'd just have to barter. 
how you would like that's a very or interesting concept that's why we have gold and silver coins but i'm just saying i'm going straight to bartering for them yeah. in their in their situation yeah going straight to bartering that would be a very interesting yeah. way to live exactly remember uh when the central bank set their a cash withdrawal of about 225 dollars per week per person or about a thousand dollars for individuals w citizens wishing to take out larger sums are subject to a processing fee between five and ten percent of their money atms were limited to 45 dollars per day um bloomberg reports that 90 percent of the country previously issued cash for transactions they did not want to convert to cbdc but they were provided no alternative uh, demonetizing the currency reduced available cash from 3.2 trillion narias to 1 trillion. Uh, this led to the central bank creating over 10 billion e narias. The people who continually protested these measures as were continually protesting their, these measures. They are now using Nigeria and other countries as test places for the CBDCs. All right, let's go ahead and play uh, the the first video I had for you that that showed the world's um yeah go ahead this one right here mm -hmm. when the ukraine war broke out last year the west was quick to impose sanctions on russia soon western buyers shunned russian gold shifting the bullion market this left a vacuum that was soon filled by other countries, mainly the United Arab Emirates. The UAE has become a key trade hub for Russian gold, especially after sanctions cut Russia's more traditional export routes. Reports suggest the Gulf state imported 75.7 tons of Russian gold. This was worth $4.3 billion. This is up from just 1.3 tons during 2021. The next big destinations are China and Turkey, importing about 20 tons each between February 2022 and March 2023. The three countries together accounted for 99.8% of the Russian gold exports. This is according to custom records accessed during that period. There is, however, a risk for the West. If Russian gold is melted down and recast, it could find its way back into the US and European markets, with its origin clearly masked. So, the West tried to further isolate Moscow. It had a warning for countries like the UAE and Turkey. Ditch Russian gold or lose access to G7 markets. The UAE, meanwhile, has long had a thriving gold industry. Trade data shows it imported about 750 tons of pure gold a year. This is the average between 2016 and 2021. This means shipments in the Russian records would only account for about 10% of its imports. Also, Russian firms had been selling bullion there at a discount of about 1%. So that actually... So this as go ahead you can break it small i actually was going to switch to a minute to how countries are turning to gold before we moved on from the cbdc's uh but i guess it goes it goes together so the with the sanctions on russia this is the stupidest thing ever so russian gold is now going to china so every time like 
hi, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot, and then I'm going to shoot myself <laughs> on the other foot. Like, no, the Russian gold should be coming to me. Mm. It should be coming to America. Uh, but the last place that I want to see any gold going to is China. China. I have this weird, stinking, sinking um, feeling about Russia when it comes to gold, that, or China when it comes to gold, that I know that they are coming up with amalgam, some sort of alchemy to try to create a fake gold. They try to create fake, and I know that they already do have fake gold. I know that um, Australia had to cut ties with China because they had bad metals. Bad metals will come out of China. Everything is bad coming out of the CCP. So they lie, this cheat. Russian gold that goes into China will probably get debased. I think it will be debased for sure. I think they're going to do... That's all that these communists know how to do. And I'm not saying Chinese. I'm saying communists. Communism is all about cheating, lying, yeah. stealing, um, with absolutely no morals or anything. I mean, Karl Marx was a deadbeat dad who had an affair... No, he probably raped his housekeeper and then denied that that the boy that he had was her was his son. He had boils all over his back because he couldn't bathe, and his he's just a horrible, awful person. Communism is like the, the is awful, and so it's it needs to be gone. But and you know who knows the com communism be gone needs to go the way of the you know Dino uh, Poland. Poland is buying gold again. The National Which Bank is, of yeah, Poland awesome. added nearly 15 tons of gold to its reserve in April. According to data published by uh, the bank last week, it was the largest increase in the country's reserves since June of 20, uh, 2019 when the bank boosted, uh, boosted reserves by almost 100 tons. Uh, the purchase increase uh, increased the value of Poland's gold reserves from $14.55 billion to $15.52 billion. Poland's official gold holdings rank as the 22nd largest in the, the world. What? Poland is a little country. Gold makes up about 8.5% of the Bank of Poland's total reserves. In the fall of 2021, the Bank of Poland president uh, said that the central bank planned to add 100 tons of gold to its reserves in 2022. It's unclear why the bank didn't follow through. This recent purchase could signal the beginning of another round of buying to reach that 100-ton goal. Gold, uh, this is what their the central bank um, officer uh, Glebinski says gold will retain its value even when someone cuts the power to the global financial system. What is it that they know in Poland that we don't know? Yeah. Wait a minute. Why are you even thinking that somebody could cut the power to the global financial system? Is it possible that if you get everybody on CBDCs, then you're on a global transactional system and then you can cut the power to it? Absolutely. Destroying traditional assets based on electronic accounting records, CBDCs, in my opinion, that's what I'm that's how I'm viewing this. Of course, we do not assume that this will happen, but as the saying goes, forewarned is always insured. And the central bank is required to be prepared for even the most unfavorable circumstances. That is why we see a special place for gold in our foreign exchange management process. He went on to discuss some of the benefits of gold as a monetary asset. After all, gold is free from credit risk and cannot be devalued by any country's economic policy. That's huge. That's huge. That you saw, you're never going to see somebody chop up gold and put it in a landfill. That's a really good point. Ever. Right. Never, ever. There will always be somebody be like, I'll take it. I will take it. 
Okay, I will take it. Well, and the overall arching thing for me for Poland is we are seeing Poland take some really uh, strong stances as a nation. Mm. We talk about the poll exit, them coming out of the EU. Guys, when the poop hits the fan, and it probably, it's not just going to be in the United States, it's going to be a, a global economic collapse of the magnitude of what COVID did with all the shutdowns and the lockdowns. It's going to be global. It's going to happen. It, it is going to happen. Yeah. Okay, I don't need to be a prophet. I'm just telling you it is going to happen. And we've been telling you guys, and Lynette Zhang has been telling you guys, and everybody's been telling you guys, those that have precious metals will be the bankers, and those that have paper dollars will be the ones left holding the bag. So Poland is making such a wise move here to essentially, I, this is akin to money laundering in my opinion. When you take your worthless dollars and turn them into this. I don't think you should. Honestly, yeah, exactly. Is like, it should be, it's it's so, it and should be wrong. Honestly, that's what makes You shouldn't be able to buy this with worthless paper dollars. That's what makes me so angry about China. Boom. Because there's. I knew I'd help you tie it together. No, the, no, I've, I've, I've had this for, for the show. Okay. That's what makes me so angry about China. Because I know that they don't deserve, they didn't do anything to earn that gold. Uh-huh. And they're cheating and they're lying and they're they're literally they're buying U.S. debt. It's crazy what what all of this fake this fake money has done to flood the system. So the people who are getting this fake dollars mm -hmm. and topping it off, they're converting that to gold. And that's why oh that's why if they're doing it, you need to. So be doing it's it. basically they're bank robbers, but this time they're really robbing real assets. So Poland is now moving to yeah. gold. So, uh, Glebinski says, gold is characterized by a relatively low correlation with the main asset classes, especially the U.S. dollar. He is talking about the U.S. dollar. Dominating the MBP reserve portfolio, which means that including gold in the reserves reduces the financial risk in the process of investing them. Um, the gold symbolizes the strength of the country. So, central banks around the world have been piling up gold over the last two years. Two years we're seeing this. I'm telling you guys, Leah, Michelle, why have you made a sudden sharp turn to the right? Because I see the armies coming. Here they come. And they're coming after your financial assets. And still got time. And they're running. And God is, in his gracious mercy, is helping us all to be ready. And I know many of you say, well, I don't have gold and silver. We're a team. We all have to do what we're all called to do. You get ready. And how God shows you to get ready, food, shelter, skills to barter with, things to barter with. And then if you have wealth, you preserve that wealth. If you don't have wealth, okay, that's not your deal. Food, shelter, barterability, learn a new skill, become better at doing something so that somebody with gold and silver can pay you to do it. That's good. With their gold and silver. Okay. Or, but if you have wealth, get to I3M trading. This, you make such a good point there, Leah, because... If you have skills, then you will be able to barter for gold and silver. Yes. If you don't have any gold and silver right now. Exactly. Anyone can learn a new skill. All these people will leave. Michelle, I don't have any money to buy gold and silver. Well, you got YouTube. Learn how to do something. That's really good. 
Learn how to do something that people might need. Learn how to purify water. Learn how to dig a well. Learn how to build a building. Learn how to take care of animals. Learn how to butcher them. Not everybody is going to want to butcher their animals. You get good at butchering some animals. And then somebody will pay you with gold and silver. All right? This is how we work. We're creating our own economy outside of the system. And, and guess what? If we're Christians, we're going to treat each other right. We're going to respect each other and their hard work. And so come the, on. Before the collapse, we can make the shift in each state to go back to constitutional money, making it legal. And and in, honestly, I'm, they can come and arrest me for saying this. Pay each other with gold and silver anyway, even if it's not legal in your state. Well, maybe it's not paying. Maybe it's bartering. There you go. All right, it's hardly surprising that in a year scarred by geographical, geopolitical uncertainty and rampant inflation, central banks opted to continue adding gold to their coffers at an accelerated pace. Mm -mm. All right, so uh, before I get on to the one, there is one, well, let me go over here first. So Zimbabwe's you know, currency majorly, down. majorly destabilized. You know, I've been following. They <laughs> Sorry, I can't get her to stop. Lynette, so Zimbabwe did a land land grab and they took the land from the white farmers gave them to black farmers who didn't know how to run the how to run the farms and their country went into starvation their currency collapsed they went complete communist yeah they have learned from their mistakes and they're doing something interesting and I want to play this a little bit of this video from Lynette Zhang because Zimbabwe has been doing something. They are actually making the gold miners pay part of their taxes in gold in order to get gold into their coffers. Wow. So let's play, let's play Lynette at like 1.5. Following the issues around Zimbabwe's currency since they entered hyperinflation in 2006. And really, have those issues been resolved? No, they did overnight revaluations, they did dated to currencies, and they've been trying many other things to regain that confidence. And that's the point. Once confidence in a currency is lost, it is virtually impossible to get it back until you bring gold into the topic. And we need to be talking about all of the latest things that are going on with Zimbabwe's currency because it could tell us where we're headed. Coming up. Their hyperinflationary and currency collapse. But let's let's look at what's happening right now. Because Zimbabwe acts to support the currency that's under enormous pressure. Government scraps import light and they're doing whatever they can think of traditionally and actually real traditionally, even though the IMF doesn't want you to think so. So the central bank set to raise interest rates, which they just did on short-term loans. Is that going to help? Probably not. The government is committed to winning public confidence in the gold coins and gold-backed digital money by ensuring that at all times they remain fully backed by physical gold reserves. Now, mind you, you can't convert the digital gold into the coins, but you can trust the government. Can't you trust the government? I mean, isn't that what they're telling you? Mm -hmm. Zimbabwe has the world's highest policy rate at 140%. Even after cutting the benchmark rate twice this year, has that stopped the erosion in the currency? No, because this is a con game. Fiat money is a con game. Anytime you can create something from nothing 
it's a con and it requires confidence. And again, when that confidence is lost, it is very, very hard to get back, almost impossible. But let's look at their digital gold-backed currency because it is backed by a certain amount of gold, which helps keeps it, keep its value stable. And it's tied, the currency is tied to the market value of gold, unlike fiat currency. Well, I don't really know that that's exactly so, but um, the point is this currency is tied to the market value of gold, but the market value of gold is also clearly and admittedly manipulated because a rising gold price is an indication of a failing currency. And once you really get that piece, then what you want is the physical. That's what you want. Zimbabwe gold-backed digital currency will be used as legal tender and a store of value because they're trying to stabilize it. And look, this is something that happens 100% of the time when all confidence in the currency is lost, gold becomes part of the new money. So I would say that this is the end of the major manipulation in Zimbabwe because they're trying to introduce gold into the system. Problem is for the regular people. Ideally, backing a digital currency with gold involves having a certain measure of gold reserves. Yeah, I mean, you have to have a certain amount in order to do it. So the gold-backed digital tokens have a, best, a vesting period of 180 days. So that means that you buy and you can't use them for 180 days, but they have a prescribed asset status and are acceptable as collateral for loans. Look, no government needs to say this is money. It's been money for 6,000 years. But this, you know, that they gotta, they've got to say this is legal tender, just like they did with this garbage. They say this is legal tender, so it requires laws. But let's move on, because Zimbabwe's digital currency plan needs 100 million of gold. Okay, well, how are they going to get that gold? Zimbabwe has been struggling to stem the decline, and they've introduced a policy last year that compels miners to pay part of their royalties in cash and metal. It's banking on the stash to help it with the latest plan. Now, look, I don't care how they name it. When you coerce somebody into giving you their gold at a certain price, that is confiscation. They just don't want to say confiscation because they don't want to put that in your head, but arose by any other name. So like other nations, they've been compelling miners to give them part of their gold. It's a concept which is pretty straightforward. We tokenize the gold. We have the gold. Every time we issue a coin, it is backed by real gold. We are still finalizing the details, but most countries are asking us how we came up with that plan. Excuse me, this is the kind of thing that has been tried over and over and over again, even here in the US. Originally, what, the money was backed by a certain amount of the confiscated gold. And then over time, because you're not physically holding it, it's easy to take that money away or take that gold backing away until ultimately there's okay, nothing there anymore. There. Because so once you this put is what happened. This is how our currency was debased. We didn't just come off the gold standard, right? right? We didn't. So there is, there should be no such thing as um, a gold standard that is not physically trading with the gold coins. Right. Because what happens inevitably, oh, well, Michelle, I am going to issue $1 for every coin I have. But you don't really know how many coins I have. So I'm just going to issue two, three, ten, twenty, one million. And then I still have, but I have it. And there are so many people that's, 
that's why uh when there was like when there's like runs on the bank and there's no cash because there's no cash that's what was happening here's the thing the united states got in over its head because the whole world was looking to get currency in gold to trade their their funny money for gold and they're saying there's not enough you should always the whole point of having a dollar bill for a gold standard was it's just easier to carry it's just easier to carry and we can break it down into smaller denominations for you. But Lies. if you really want, and let's say you got $1,000, well, come on in and get your gold. So people were trying to come in and get their gold. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You might take too much because we couldn't have printed more than we got. There's, in a real monetary system, okay, there's always the right amount because you didn't print more dollars more than you had gold, did you? Mm-hmm. And so when there, it's it felt really scary. That people were coming and trading their dollars. Nixon was like, no, 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 you can't get any more gold for the dollars because we printed way too many dollars. There's not enough gold to match your dollars. So stop it. So essentially, this is what is happening. This is the reverse that's happening in Zimbabwe. They're trying right now. They actually, this is kind of interesting. So um, I think uh, 10 months ago, they started using in Zimbabwe gold coins. I know. Literal gold coins. Then then they want you to be oh well I'm going to use this digital currency and it will be gold backed. Right. Because I got used to you have to get people used to okay this is a gold coin this is a gold coin. I don't really care on these coins. You know what? I'm just going to deposit in this bank and you hold on to this gold, right? Am I the only person left on the planet that misses change in cash? Mm. Like, I like uh, this whole idea. No, 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 no. This whole idea that carrying coins is hard. hard to do. You know, like, Leah. We, 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 we don't have any gold coins down here, but the, the $1... It was five. It was five. It was five. The five dollar gold coin, which is worth two hundred and fifty bucks right now, whatever, is smaller than a dime. And thinner. And thinner. And lighter. You don't even know you're carrying it. So so tell me again. But you could lose it. Leah. Tell me again how carrying like let's say you had like a, a fistful of change, which we all have always had. Like I have change in my purse right now. If that was gold and silver coins. I would have like thousands of bucks sitting in my, sitting like this that yeah, I already have in my exactly. purse right now. So don't tell me you can't carry around the coins. Now, yeah. I want to address some point, uh, some, uh, some William in the chat on Facebook is having several comments and a big beef like, you know, gold is a waste. I would rather have, you know, gold won't feed you. Gold oh. won't have, you know, gold is oh. not a chicken. In this scenario of we're on a desert island, and there are no other people. Everything that you're saying, William, is correct. No, gold will not feed you. It is useless. The purpose of gold and silver and precious metals is in society. Monetary exchange. So as long as societies exist and economies exist, the only money is gold well, and silver. So, Can I give an example? Well, let me finish this talk because I've been sitting on it. 
you saying essentially, and I, I'm putting words in your mouth, but I'm converting what you're saying back and regurgitating it back to you. Essentially, buying gold and silver is useless, has no purpose whatsoever. Why would you even do that? Well, is that like saying don't get a job and don't make any cash money? You just stole the punchline from my mouth. Are you are you as adamant in telling people not to get a job and not to have cash? Because unless you're as adamant about telling people that they don't need cash because cash paper dollars won't feed you. Mm -hmm. Why get a job? Why have cash? Why have any cash? Cash won't feed you. Cash. Literally, in my desert island scenario. Cash won't feed you. Cash won't feed you. Why have money? Why do you, do you have a job, William? William, do you have cash? Do you have a bank account? Do you, that The reason why you have cash is the exact reason why we're telling people to but have I have to go silver. to the grocery store. Because Can you barter at the grocery store? Because here's the thing. At some point... Your cash will be ground up like mulch, just like we saw, and it will have no value. And in that situation that is coming down the line, what are you going to do to buy and sell? Do you pay taxes? Do you, do you go to the grocery store? Do you go to the movies? Do you... Um, do you need to go to Lowe's and buy tools? Again, comment. Yeah, keep a lot of gold around and it'll get you robbed and killed. But when it gets really bad, it won't feed you. Do you have cash? Are you telling the same amount? Are you sell? Are you saying the exact same thing to people? Do you go to, to Lowe's or Home Depot? Keep a lot do of you cash buy and it'll get tools? you robbed and killed. Right? Like this is, and I mean all this in love. You're not making any sense. Yeah. You're literally, that is an unsound argument. You need better arguments for, and there is no argument. There literally is no argument. So what we need to do is three states have made this legal tender. Yes. This says it's a dollar. Hey, William, this is, this might catch you. Do you have a job and you do pay taxes? Okay. You either, you're either paying taxes or you're on. It says one dollar. It says one dollar, Bob. So if I hired you to do a job, let's say you worked all day, I wanted to pay you 250 bucks. Okay. Well. This is spot. Oh, let's, let's do simple math. Spot. Spot 25 on. Bucks. Just go 25 bucks. So I could give you 10 of these. 10 of these. And you could pay taxes on $10. Or you could pay taxes on $250. The government, the U.S. government said this is $1. How do we break the system, William? We start paying each other with the money that's already printed. With the values minted. that are on their money. Minted. Okay. Plus... Did you know there's no Hebrew word for money? God's money. God has this exchange with people with gold and silver. Why is this important to use gold and silver? Because this has inherent value. If I give this to you, it should hold it and retain its value. Or it should go up. It actually shouldn't go up because in the Bible, a potter's field in Nehemiah or Jeremiah was worth... Um, 17 shekels or 30 pieces of silver. 600 years later, Judas bought a potter's field for 30 pieces of silver. That is zero inflation for 600 years. Why is gold, why, why, why should gold and silver be God's money? You know, gold and silver have been either 10 to 1 to 15 to 1 for 6,000 years because people, whether you're Mesopotamian or you're an Aztec Indian or wherever you're at, recognize value in gold and silver. And the more civilized societies recognize that we can trade this at a, at, at, at a rate of about 10 so, to 1, 15 to 1. So it keeps things inflated. It keeps us honest. Gold and silver keeps us honest with each other. All right. So we got to the root of why William is so upset. Mm. And you have a right to be. And I'm going to prove to you why we have to go back to gold and silver. 
He says the government stole all of mine. In fact, just auctioned my house off for taxes. Um, uh, pour my wife away, seated all of our assets. They stole all of mine. A corrupt organization took over where I was working. They just stole everything. Yeah, I don't have a job anymore either. Here's the thing, William. The only way, and I mean the only way, they were able to do everything that they did to you, and God help the people that have done this to you, because it is evil, is because of the paper dollar. Mm -hmm. Constitutional money, under constitutional money, every single thing that happened to you there would never have happened. Mm -hmm. If we did not have the fake fiat dollar system, mm -hmm. they stole the fiat dollars because they are fake and they are phony and they are digitally, you know, and they stole your house because it probably had, I'm assuming here, so forgive me for taking liberties, a mortgage, which is again, a digital fiat system where your house is the actual commodity, the real thing based on something that is not real and your job, taking your job of making fiat dollars, again, a false phony system. If you had been being, see what I'm saying? Like, we can we can complain about all the problems or we can go to the root of it. Exactly. Michelle and I see all the problems. And we experience the problems. So what well, the reason this why is we really have bad to and I'm get so back, sorry that that happened to the you. The reason why we I have to I want to fix it for you. The reason why we have to get back to gold and silver is to stop the things that just happened to you from keeping, exactly. keeping on happening. That's exactly. why we're so adamant about it. They can only cheat you. They can only rob you because and, and again to prove it to you. People came here and they had farms in the United States. How much farmland? How many? How many people were farmers? Uh, at the turn of the century, sixty-five percent of all Americans were self-sustaining on farms. Leah, when did all the farms get taken away? After the creation of the Federal Reserve. After the paper dollar. Before the paper dollar, they were not stealing farms, and then they started taking farms away because of the paper dollar. Because, because they what they would do is they exchanged their fake assets, the fiat dollar for your hard assets, which is your land. Exactly. William says, well, I plan on going to federal court about it, and we will be with you and back you and support you every step of the way. And I hope, I pray that you win. Lord, I just pray for vindication for William and yes. that he gets everything stolen back in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With interest. All right. So holders of these physical gold coins in Zimbabwe, at their discretion, uh, will be able to convert or exchange through the banking system into gold-backed digital tokens. You see how this is working? Mm. They get them going. And actually, let's see. Uh, let's see if we can find a video here. Will you play this? Uh, this is from a few, uh, this is from 10 months ago when they created the gold coin. Ooh, gold coin. We want to use this gold coin. That gold coin or who later bought a cow with the gold coin or came here with a gold coin and we failed to find... But go ahead, go ahead, just play it. I played a different one, but go play that one. Are you sure? Yes, just play it. It looks like the same exact video. He's yeah. holding up the coin the exact same way. Doba Moyowatidi is a father of six and he sits at this store every day at a busy street corner in Harare. He is one of more than 5.2 million people employed in Zimbabwe's informal economy. According to the International Labour Organization, they make up 88% of the country's labour force. Moyowatidi has heard that gold coins are in local circulation, but he has no idea what their purpose is or how they could benefit him. Even to hear that maybe someone had bought a car with, what is it called? That gold coin or who later bought a cow with the gold coin or came here with the gold coin and we failed to find change. We don't even know what it is, even whether it's money or what it is.
The government says the coins named Mosiatunya, which means the smoke which thunders, after Zimbabwe's iconic Victoria Falls, were introduced to reduce the demand of US dollars and stabilize the Zimbabwean dollar's value. It followed an increase in inflation from 191% to 257% in mid-2022 and a collapse that saw the local currency plummet more than 300%. The first batch of 4,500 coins was released into the market on the 25th of July last year. They cost just under 1,900 US dollars. Zimbabwe's Reserve Bank says slightly more than 25,000 coins have been bought so far, with large companies buying the bulk of them. But they remain out of reach for most Zimbabweans. In November, smaller, more affordable denominations of half, a quarter, and a tenth of an ounce were released to the banks. Yeah, I think largely it will probably benefit those that, that invested in them, uh, assuming that uh, the, the price of gold continues to, to appreciate. Of course, the price of gold, gold has been a very good uh, edging instrument against, uh, against inflation. So I, I think the people that tackle inflation, the investors themselves, I think would, would probably benefit more. Even, even more than government. The central bank insists the benefits are economy-wide. After the coins went on sale, monthly inflation fell to 1.8%, the second lowest in three years. But for people like Moyowatidi, it's difficult to see their direct benefit. The Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe says it plans to change that. This is why you'll find that financial literacy becomes a very important aspect of what we're doing out there as far as communication is concerned. So we'll be out there explaining the concept of the gold coin, how it works, what it is, just to ensure that there's no one and no place that is left behind. Analysts say that while in and of itself the gold coin might not have had a significant impact in lowering inflation, it did have a moderating effect in slowing down its rise. Muatidi just hopes to one day move from just barely surviving to thriving. Cordelia Masalitulini. Very interesting. This is a way, and it was described for um, the wealthy to uh, preserve their, their wealth. Wait. Oh, shoot. This is the one I played. I messed Am I not? This is the Al Jazeera one. Am I not in, signed in? No, you aren't. It's the same one. There. Oops, is that's that it? not mine. Mm-hmm. So is it? There we go. The Morsiwatunya gold coin, named after Victoria Falls, Africa's largest waterfall, has gone on sale in Zimbabwe. Central bank officials say the 22-carat coin will help protect people's savings against inflation, which hit more than 191% in June. There is no other better product that can be used as a store of value other than gold. And therefore, it means that we, both, we do respect the people of Zimbabwe. We know what they've been going through in terms of uh, the fear factor of losing value. And therefore, we are providing this gold coin, so a genuine gold coin, to ensure that at least you will serve and you invest there. The price of the coins will be determined by the international market rate for a gram of gold, plus 5% for the cost of producing the coin. If this works as uh, intended, we expect a significant reduction in inflation because this product is being introduced at a time where the country's reserve bank has hiked the interest rate to okay, a historic that. high. This is a very interesting 200. thing. I, I, I really appreciate what they're saying about gold. And if you can use it, but it has to be usable. And I do believe that those in those rich and powerful who can buy those gold coins, you know, it was interesting when he said there that they were going to um, put it at the price of the, the, the international price of gold. So it will go up. The value of it would go up and down every day as you use it. Yeah. That Very interesting. Really interesting.
Um, and, and let me just get you a couple more comments and then I, I promise to leave you alone here. Um, William, I missed the part that your wife died and I apologize because he says, I can't bring back the dead and my wife ended up dead. And he says, I really didn't put much value in the money, but my home and future were was quite a lot to lose. That is um, very heart, disheartening. He says, have you all thought about investing in diamonds? They say diamonds are forever pound for pound with a lot more than gold. Here's why, and we did, you need to just go and watch our constitutional money class Please that we uploaded do. from Old School Survival Boot Camp. Diamonds are not homogenous. What it means to be homogenous is... There are five I, good things for money. Five, five characteristics of good money, okay? Number one, we all recognize it as money, okay? Yes. You would that with diamonds. It's got to be easy to transport. Yeah, well, you would with diamonds. Uh, it's got to be easily, like, broken down into denominations. Yeah, you could break a diamond down. But it has to be homogenous. And tell me what homogenous means. So if I take this uh, silver dollar and I divide it in fours. Yeah. Okay. All four pieces, if melted back down and put together or even just stacked right next to one another, added up. Will just have the, the weight exact, itself. Will have the exact same value as the one ounce. Right? So a quarter of an ounce versus one ounce. Same value. If you take a diamond and you cut it up into four pieces, a that one diamond as a whole is worth more than those four pieces. Imagine a two-carat diamond price <clears throat> versus a quarter, you know, diamond. It, the, the value the value exponentially so increases the bigger the diamond. Can you invest in diamonds? 100%. Can diamonds be currency? No, no absolutely not. So that's a difference. Money. So this, here's the deal. This is what I've been telling everybody at the Constitution Money. You need to understand something. I'm not telling you to get this as an investment. Right. This is not an investment. Do you invest in cash dollars? That yeah. would be stupid because they lose value every day. You don't. This is, I'm telling you to get money, real money, real money to change, to exchange paper dollars that are not real money for actual money, for constitutional money, for God's money. That's all we're saying. Okay. This is not investment. It's wealth preservation. Let's it go back to the CBDCs, the race towards CBDCs, because these are two horses that are racing each other. The race towards monet, uh, proper, you bring up the tweet, proper monetary system, gold and silver, and the race towards the CBDCs, which is complete opposites, all the way on the left. Got it. I think it's this one, actually. Yeah. Not all the way. Almost. Since last year, there are now 114 countries actively exploring the idea or pilot project of a central bank digital currency. Countries which make up 95% of the global GDP and 16 of the 20 countries that make up the G20 group are already in the development or pilot stage of a central bank digital currency. You know. uh, the whole world is moving in unison. It seems to make no difference whether you're in a first world country or third world country or whatever, however you want to describe it. Uh, everybody's doing the same thing. And it kind of reminds me of what we saw in COVID. Like overnight, it seems like every country in the world was doing masking mandates and the same language was being used for why they're doing it. And it all happened within a few days. And it was like, like going out to your lawn the morning after rain and seeing that the lawn is covered with mushrooms. They all came up at the same time. In this case, we're talking about central bank digital currencies all at once. And it, the significance of that is that those mushroom spores were always there, or they had been there for a long time. We just didn't know it. And I think the significance, the real hardcore significance of this fact 
is that we have to realize that this banking fraternity is truly a fraternity or a industry or a cabal or whatever you want to call it, depending on your mood. It's truly global and they, they do work together in a highly coordinated fashion. So nothing is by accident. And these decisions that are being implemented today were made decades ago. And the plans have been in process for a long time. The spores for the mushroom, in other words, have been in place for a long time. And now the signal has been given, let's, let's bring it up to the surface so everybody can see it. And now we call it a crisis. And with that huge flow of cash, you're able to buy up politicians. And you just buy them up. And that most of them, unfortunately, I have to say, most of them are for sale or for rent or for lease. And uh, so... We How old did he just turn 90? I think he's older than 90. But when we had him on our show, yeah. he was getting ready to have a birthday. He was like turning 90. How is he like so still sharp as a tack? Jeremy Griffin, the man. Yeah. So I want to go over here to the demonetization again in India. Guys. Hey, Leah, Michelle, again, I can hear you, but I think you're going with me. Why are you making such a sharp, sharp turn to the mon money system? Because this is the next thing. What if we had been talking about ivermectin and all these things prior to the pandemic? Wouldn't you, like, hindsight, be like, wow, you prepared us. You got us ready. I stocked up on antibiotics. I stocked up on ivermectin from India. I got all that. What, what if we told you that there was this lab in Wuhan and they might be working on a virus. Right. What if we had told you they were going to do lockdowns and maskings? We could have, like, planned ahead of time. So we're putting, we're pulling, we are not the only people. Great minds like Lynette Zhang, uh, Peter Schiff, Schiff Gold, uh, the Mrs. Institute, Ron Paul. They're telling us. And nations themselves that are buying gold are telling us. Mm, 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 this is basically a, the Agenda 21 thing that we saw. There, we can see it. This is this is what's happening, and it's being. Here's the thing: it's being implemented on from the outside within, rather than like these little bombs going off within each country. So, um, in 2016, in India, Prime Minister Modi came on TV at 8 p.m. to announce that most currency bills would no longer be legal tender. Right now, I Modi was the most popular president in India had seen in a long time. Modi was a Donald Trump guy. You, do you understand that there are forces at play at every level? And there are moles and there are bad guys within everything. And we thought that we saw this great push of uh, populism, conservatism around the globe in 2016. Donald mm -hmm. Trump, Modi, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison uh, in, in Who turned out to be Australia. a giant cad. He was, he, they are, these are globalists. These are globalists. So I want to play a video that I just brought up to explain to you what happened in India because uh, India may be in for another demonetization. I just brought this up so you have to bring go to my YouTube and I just played it to show people what happened in 2016 when India basically stole the money. This video is sponsored by Brilliant. The first 200 cricket matches and game shows were all replaced with the face of Prime Minister Modi. In this unscheduled surprise address, he announced the 500 and 1,000 rupee banknotes, worth about 7 and 14 US dollars respectively, would soon lose their status as legal tender. Without any monetary value, they would become nothing but pieces of paper, useless for any and all transactions. 
Soon meant in 3 hours and 45 minutes, effective immediately at midnight. And those 500 and 1000 rupee bills constituted no less than 86% of all cash in circulation. It was as if the US president suddenly announced all 10 and 20 dollar bills were worthless, only with a population 4 times bigger and far more reliant on cash. The next few months were the result of a fascinating unintended experiment. As 1.3 billion people scrambled to replace their cash, the government rushed to print new bills, and dozens of people died in the process. Died. India runs on cash. It's estimated that, measured by volume, 90-98% to 98 of all transactions in the country involve physical currency. And 85% of workers are paid in cash, while only about half of the population owns a bank account. These are optimal conditions for tax theft, making it extremely easy and extremely common for earnings to go unreported, and thus unknown and untracked by the government. The informal, underground economy makes up something like 25-40% to 40 of the nation's GDP. While salaried workers have taxes automatically withheld from their paychecks, they represent only a tenth of all organized workers. Farmers, meanwhile, who make up about half the population's workforce, are largely exempt, protected from politicians by their large voting power, not unlike seniors in the United States. In 2016, only 37 million Indians filed tax returns. 10 million of which were exempt, leaving only a tiny 27 million payers in a country of 1.3 billion. Modi's solution was simple, force everyone to report their earnings. From November 9th, Indians had until December 30th to take their 500 and 1000 rupee notes to the bank. There they could be deposited for their full value, or exchange for other notes at the counter, for a maximum of 4000 rupees per person per day later increased to 4,500, and then reduced to 2,000. Tax avoiders, big and small, now had no choice but to declare their wealth, or lose it all come January. Any strange, large deposits without explanatory paperwork would be an instant red flag for the government. But here's where everything went wrong. The central bank couldn't prepare millions of new replacement banknotes in secret. Printing them in advance would therefore attract attention potentially cause chaos and alert the very criminals the policy was meant to target. For this reason, the Reserve Bank could only start printing the new 500 and 2000 rupee notes after the announcement, leaving it with just under 4 hours to reprint the vast majority of the second most populous nation's currency. Clearly, it was an impossible task. Now, having to bring cash to deposit or exchange would have been disruptive enough for many Indians. But because the new banknotes were in such short supply, long lines formed outside banks and ATMs for months. On top of that, the replacement bills were slightly smaller, requiring ATMs to be retrofitted to use oh them. Gosh, there were tough. lawsuits, strikes, and protests against what many saw as an unreasonable interference by the government in daily life. And despite all that, there's good reason to be skeptical the policy achieved its intended effects. Broadly speaking, there were two goals of demonetization. First, to weaken terrorist funding, and second, to target the informal black economy, both of which are hard to measure. Whether terrorist groups suffered any significant losses as a result of demonetization, no one knows with certainty. And the black market is problematic precisely because it can't be measured. 
What we do know, according to the Reserve Bank of India itself, is that 99.3% of the demonetized notes were later returned. In other words, the policy removed only a tiny amount of money from circulation. Experts largely agree black money is mostly stored in the form of gold, silver, real estate, and overseas bank accounts, not bills worth 7 or 14 US dollars each. It's true that demonetization added a record 9 million new taxpayers, but the mass disruption it caused also removed nearly the same amount. 8.8 .8 million people stopped paying that year, likely as a result of lost income. And while digital payments experienced a significant spike in usage, there was no lasting effect after the new banknotes were fully distributed. Three years later, the only certain outcome of demonetization was the immediate chaos it created across the nation. Hours wasted at the bank, financial uncertainty for those most vulnerable, lost wages, and at least several innocent lives. Worse, it came out of nowhere, not as a response to inflation or unrest. So why then, given all that we now know, is the policy still so popular in India, among those who personally paid its costs? Like Xi Jinping's consolidation of power in China, Modi successfully sold a story of unfairness, of targeting corruption and criminals, to ultimately gain political support. Soon after, Modi's party won the 2017 elections of its 200 million person most populous state in India, thanks in part to the popular belief that demonetization was a collective sacrifice necessary to make the rich pay their fair share. Anyone who protested the policy could easily be labeled as a criminal trying to hide black money. Rather than turning the population against the government, demonetization enlisted it, wow. making people feel they were personally <clears throat> doing their crazy. part. So, an individual was allowed only to convert about $30 per visit at the bank, and then you saw the massive crowds, and then what about pregnant people and older people? Eventually, more than 100% of the demonetized cash returned to the banks. Um, and then this article says, although I don't, I, I know no one who didn't forget to convert some of this, his misplaced currency bills. What happened? Demonetization ended up laundering massive amounts of counterfeit currency, but thinking through the consequences now, what that did. So the counterfeit currencies were brought in mm -hmm. and then made to be good, wow. right? Oh, here's your good money. So just laundered a bunch of money. Really, really did. Um, but thinking through the consequences of their utopian, rather puerile policies, isn't oh, I'm gonna say, the declared objective of the exercise was to, was to destroy black money. Of course, it did nothing of the sort. Soon, more cash was in people's hands than ever before and kept on rising, a clear sign of a higher distrust among the people and the rising corruption. So what was the real purpose behind the demonetization? Some were saying that actually more than 100% of the money was turned in. That's what I'm saying, that people are going to hand in their fake bills. As India gets closer to election time, cash disappears from the market, prices of expensive properties fall, and shares of certain companies get sold off. This happens because these vehicles act as a reserve for the black money. Mm. And when in cash, are used for hiring goons and bribing voters, giving out free cash and alcohol. It's all done openly. Cash sits in the vaults of political parties, ready to be given away for votes. Property transactions entail the exchange of as much as 80% in cash, which sucks up black money and re re regenerates it when needed at a low transaction cost. The stamp duty is based on the declared price of the properties. Stocks of certain companies rise and fall um, as black money is laundered for payments that must be officially reported. Wow. 
what was, what are supposed to be investment vehicles often lead to a loss seen as nothing but the cost of storing black money. In 2016, one can conclude that the ruling BJ, BJP government insiders to the demonetization policy had converted their cash into what was to stay legal tender and harm the value of the black money in the hands of the opposition. Recently, provincial elections were held in the state of uh, Karantaka, where the BJP, which also controls the federal government, ruled. It lost the elections. That wasn't because the hate-filled fan, fan, uh, fanaticism against minorities that, that they had ignited failed to get traction, but because some votes of one opposition party, the JDS, moved to another winning party, the Congress. Congress had promised to offer more freebies, regular cash payments for doing nothing, and more free grains. Jeez. Hate didn't lose. Freebies won. As we approach the next federal election due within a year, physical cash has disappeared from the market, now sitting in the coffers of the political parties. Stocks of some companies dealing with money laundering and political purposes have fallen. However, this could be because of the fear of short selling ignited by the U.S. short seller Hindenburg. On May 19, 2023, India announced another demonetization. On this occasion, the INR 2000 bills. As usual, their notice is confusing and contradictory. On the one hand, it says that the INR 2000 bill stays legal tender. But on the other hand, they give a deadline of this September to bring them back to the bank. So they just literally the video that we just watched is happening from 2016 again. is for, happening again for the 2000 yeah. INRs. Yeah. So Indian uh, federal government bureaucrats failed to wrap the rationale, the, the rationality test um, that you're supposed to pass as kids. Or perhaps this policy gives leeway to the ruling party to use their INR 2000 bills while other parties would find themselves entrapped. Corruption and tyranny continue to increase and the economy continues to falter in India. Quite in contrast to the bullish statements being made by Western media. And a sane Indian voter has a choice to make uh, between these two confusing parties. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Most Indians, even when they are rich and middle class, don't care about the larger interests of society. They act out of envy and gain and personal advantages. Now, I'm not saying that. That's this person's article. The chaotic, stressful mess of India is what uh, they get uh, when they go down this, this path. Um... Let me see who um, this article is also linked. So if you wanted to read that about India. Okay. Uh, one comment that Barry wanted me to read from um, DLive about diamonds. Michelle, world Di the world diamond market is about to crash again because the U.S. proxy war on Russia and in, in, uh, in Ukraine, a lot of diamonds are produced in Russia as well as Africa. So the U.S. is going to cause major disruption in the diamond markets mm. and he also says demonetization is a con yeah and so with this you see the 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 dangerous global the, the dangerous global shift from the dollar driven by the ccp okay and u.s policy uh the trend away from the u.s dollar in global trade and finances is accelerating rapidly as inflation persists Government debt levels uh, explode, and the CCP roams the planet negotiating deals in other currencies. Other currencies. The CCP is taking over in other currencies, and I believe that their major move here, and we talked about this a little <laughs> bit on, on uh, Friday, is to destabilize America. That's right. And to destabilize our, do our dollar. Thanks to the unchangeable supremacy of the U.S. Uh, United States after World War II, the dollar... Uh, had some nominal gold backing then. We have had, uh, I'm just saying this. We live in a relatively stable society. Mm -hmm. 
We, when was the last time you had to wait in line for days? Come on, man. To and that's what I'm talking dollars. about. Not even just to exchange dollars, but to do anything. We look at Zimbabwe or India as those people. We look at China as those people. We get upset when they don't have what we want on the shelf at the grocery store. Guys, we're not prepared for what's coming. And this show, I believe, is designed by God to prepare you yeah. in food, shelter, if you can, get together with your family. Get, start a garden. Move start a in garden, together. Make multi-generational homes. Find a way to collect water. Get some water barrels. Put gutters on your house. Put it in a rain barrel. No one's going to want to hear this, but you know what? Ask your kids to move back in. Work together as a team. Say, listen, we know what's coming. We can pull this, pull our resources together. And and the reason, honestly, guys, a lot of the reason, if you understood that we don't do just the shows just for the fun of it, that um, we want to teach you guys things that we have learned because yeah. I have spent years trying to learn skills. Okay? I thought it was God because it's the right way to live. And I still think it's God because it's the right way good right way to live but some people need to be scared into the right way to live i am doing it because i enjoy it i enjoy making my own bread i enjoy growing and guess what let me tell you something god's ways are better boom they they're healthier for your family they're healthier for you they're like we just had a conversation and god bless the all the conspiracy theorists out there but here's my question for you do you want the answers? And I was telling this to Michelle. I said, Michelle, I think some of these people would be upset no, if they yeah, didn't have things to be upset about. Yeah. And rather than my vision, this is my vision. I'm outside with kids and grandkids mm -hmm. and they're running through the grass and there's a little trickling stream Aww. and there's cows yeah. and we have fun love and we play it. games and there's a husband and a wife and they love each other mm -hmm. and the family loves each other and we get together and we cook food together and we make crafts together and we we live a life and we're happy and some of you don't want that uh -oh. some of you don't want to fix it to get back to happiness in a place of peace, some of you are just so obsessed with hearing the next bad thing and the next horrible thing that when we bring to you answers on how to fix it, you get mad. Or even just good news. Yeah, well, it won't last. You're like the, the, the pessimist, glass half full. You know, you're only, you only know how to fight. I tried to bring the news to show you where the world is at and then what we do on what we do in our everyday life is try to make it better yeah, and we want i want you guys to all have that life where you're healthy and your family's healthy and you're happy but society has to change and we have to ask god to help us to bring down the bad guys is bring down the high places so join us uh join uh cory on his kingdom roundtable on monday we're gonna be on tomorrow night actually we're gonna be on cory gray's uh kingdom roundtable tomorrow we're going to be talking about the gifts of the spirit and so join us on wednesdays on as we did as we do two things we're undoing the modern end times theory that says things have to get worse and worse before jesus comes back but what we're going to do on wednesdays we're going to talk about how do we implement this ruling and reigning now and we're going to have on uh rob allen and we're going to have on Corey, and we're going to talk about your place in the kingdom and getting our places in order I love it. so I'm it's really going to be awesome 
All right, so Ukrainian intelligence says it's trying to kill Putin. <laughs> Ukrainian <laughs> intelligence service says Why it is attempting they? to kill Putin. Why would they not do that? Uh, a high-ranking official admitted to actively plotting uh, the Russian leader's assassination after a recent drone attack that we covered in, uh, on the Kremlin. So Putin is noticing that there we are getting closer and closer Putin. to him, no. says Vadim Shcherbinsky. He says that the, the deputy head of Ukraine's main intelligence directorate told Velt in an interview he added Putin is number one on kill list because he coordinates and he decides what happens. <laughs> okay, so I am going to be really upset when there's peace in uh, Ukraine. And you won't get and to do I your accent anymore? Because I absolutely love doing the Russian accent. Now, I do have a video clip. If you go to my Twitter page, I want you to see this tiny little clip from um, John, uh, no, I want to call him John McCain. Are we done with this article? We are done with this article. Uh, oh, shoot, where'd he go? Where did he go? We want to see. Uh, here we go. There it's Lindsey Graham. It's this Lindsey oh, Graham clip. I can't clip. stand that guy. Why do I want to watch this? We're going to see a 10, 11 second clip. And it could be, it could be that these are two uh, sliced together clips, but they'd still make the same point. Fair. Free or die. Free or die. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are dying. So the best money we've ever spent. Okay, so he says Thanks. the Russians are dying. Yes. I don't know if that clip, the die. best money we ever sent, goes together. Yeah. But that's what he's saying. Right. He's happy the Russians are dying. And he's saying that this is the best money they ever spent. Uh, now, this week, you can play this video. Uh, the Wagner... Wagner handed over Bakhmut to the um, Russian forces. We are going to the rear areas. We are moving out slowly. That's Pesogi. Pesogin. The main thing is to be careful. You gotta talk to their mother a little bit. Yes, we are graduating. I can do it. Okay, one at a time. We leave and we turn around here. Right. Okay, so you get it. You can just play it. Just play it. Just play it and I'll go over this article. As you see him handed over. You guys can read it if you want. So the Wagner chief reveals 20,000 of his fighters were killed in Bakhmut, said Putin's war is backfired. So Russia's Wagner group, Yigveni Pregot, Prigozhin uh, has given a rare and revealing interview with pro-Moscow blogger Konstantin uh, Dolgov, fresh off the weekend declaration of victory over Bakhmut in Ukraine's east. The PMC Wagner completely liberated Bakhmut, he said, for the first time uh, made it public how many Wagner fighters had uh, both participated and died in the campaign. He said it was 224 days of fighting. He revealed that the mercenary group lost 20,000 fighters in total, uh, of which half were convicts recruited from prison. Um, Prigozhin uh, said in an interview that was published late Tuesday, throughout the entire process, I recruited 50,000 prisoners, 20% died. Exactly the same number died as those who signed up through a contract. He described that an equal number of the Wagner deceased at Bakhmut had signed up with the St. Petersburg-based firm through regular means. He also continued to make, continued to make remarks, which will be seen as, this is an understatement, hugely provocative. He says, if 
PMC Wagner cannot hand the positions because the Russian army is not ready to take them over, then this means that the Wagner group has risen to a level higher than the Russian army. If they, the army, I'm going to take this. He says this. I know say this, okay? If the army cannot take over positions, then the persons concerned must shoot themselves. There was only Wagner here in Bakhmut. We fought not only the Ukrainian army, we fought Russian bureaucracy. And here's some more controversy that will be unleashed. He says this about Putin's objectives. Russia sought to demilitarize Ukraine, but has instead militarized it with the best weapons in the world. The special military operation was done for the sake of denazification and demilitarization. Thus, the denazification of Ukraine, which we talked about, we make Ukraine a nation that is known for, to everyone all over the world. Ukraine has become a country that is known absolutely everywhere. Now, with regard to demilitarization, if they had 500 tanks at the beginning of the special operation, operation they now have 5,000 tanks. If they had 20,000 people able to fight skillfully, they now have 4,000, 400,000 people who know how to fight. How did we demilitarize? It turns out it, the opposite is true. We militarized the blank out of Earth. While holding up his uh, Wagner forces as being the first place in the world in terms of military effectiveness, he conceded that at this point, the West backing Ukraine has now one of the strongest armies. They have a high level of organization, a high level of training, a high level of it's intelligence. True. They have various weapons. They have moreover, they work on any systems, a Soviet, NATO, anything equally successfully. It's become clear that Putin has long tolerated Pigozhin's negative commentary. Uh, giving him the ability to just say what he need to say. Say what they need to say. Jeffrey Sachs says the Ukraine war was provoked and why that matters to achieve peace. It says that the war was provoked by the U.S. in ways that leading U.S. diplomats anticipated for decades in the lead up to the war, meaning that the war could have been avoided and should now be stopped through negotiations. Recognizing that the war ha was provoked helps us understand how to stop it. It doesn't justify Russia's invasion. A far better approach for Russia might have been to step up diplomacy with Europe and with non the non-Western world to explain the opposition of the U.S. militarism and unilateralism. Two main provocations. The Biden team uses the word unprovoked incessantly, most recently in Biden's major speech on the first anniversary of the war in a recent NATO statement and in G7 statements. Mainstream media, friendly to Biden, parrot these, um, these words. But actually the U.S. provoked. So the first was the U.S. intention to expand NATO to Ukraine and Georgia in order to surround Russia and the Black Sea region by NATO countries, Ukraine, Romania, Bulgaria, Turkey, Georgia, in counterclockwise order. The second was the U.S. role in installing a Russia-phobic regime in Ukraine by the violent overthrow of Ukraine's pro-Russian uh, president, Yukonovich, in February 2014. The shooting war in Ukraine began when Yukonovich, uh, Yukonovich, how do you no, I know, just run with it. Okay. Overthrew nine years ago, uh, not in February 2022, as U.S. government, NATO, and G7 leaders would have be, have us believe. Um, Biden and his foreign policy team refused to discuss the roots of this war. It would expose how the war could have been avoided or stopped early, sparing Ukraine its current devastation and $100 billion mm. from the United States. How much did Trump want for the wall? 300 No, he wanted $4 billion. 
Four billion. He wanted four billion for Thank the you. wall. Four versus a hundred to Ukraine. One hundred to a billion to a completely different country that is being just squandered. And four billion to just put up a wall. It would expose Biden's personal role in the war as a participant to overthrow Yanukovych. Um, and before that, as a staunch backer of the military industrial complex. So you can check the archives. The archives show irrefutably that the U.S. and German governments repeatedly promised to Soviet President uh, Mikhail uh, Gorbachev that NATO would not move one inch eastward. Nonetheless, U.S. planning for NATO expansion began in the early 1990s, well before Putin. U.S. diplomats and Ukraine's own leaders well know that NATO enlargement could lead to war. The U.S. scholar statesman George Kennan called NATO enlargement a fateful error. President Bill Clinton's Secretary of Defense William Perry considered resigning in protest against NATO enlargement. And in 1998, William Burns, then U.S. Ambassador to Russia and now CIA Director, sent a cable to Washington warning at length the grave risks of NATO enlargement. This was not a provoked war. This was a planned war. Mm -hmm. Knowing that if you poke a bear enough, it's going to have to fight back. All right, let's move on to something lighter. France. But, no, Narogi makes a really good point there. Yeah, he does. Did the, did the Russian war backfire, or is Putin really in on this whole ridiculousness? Like, I don't even know at this point. Is he in on it? I don't know, but we are really close to World War III. Um, I do have a video, and I don't even want to play it, because we've got NATO, uh, we've got um, this uh, one of Zelensky's guys, Kirill... Budanov threatens to physically eliminate 3 million Crimeans for having the wrong mentality for supporting Russia. I'm not on your Twitter. You want me to go to it? Or you no, and Tulsi Gabbard on the 21st said uh, the warmongers are trying to, to draw us into World War III, which can only end in one way, nuclear annihilation. So, you know, we could talk about nuclear annihilation or the fact that France mm. is banning short-haul domestic flights because they don't because of climate change no way travelers would now be forced to use the train as they don't want you to fly short 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 flights france is banned on short-haul domestic flights uh when there is a viable train alternative came into effect on tuesday as the french government seeks to reduce its country's carbon emissions mm. so if you are taking a short jaunt from paris to Can't lyon or nantes or bordeaux Remember, Not. Europe is like this is like United the United States. So you could drive if they had a car. It's very strange to me. Germany is turning against the EU's Green New Deal. Common sense it's coming to the forefront, maybe. Fresh on the heels of a sensible request by France to pause new green regulations comes an even stronger pushback from Germany. The Spectator reports. Last week, it was President Macron who was rowing back on some green measures, obviously not on the flights. Uh, in a speech, he asserted that Europe has for now gone far enough. If it introduces any more regulations uh, without the rest of the world following suit, then it'll put investment at risk. This week, the European People's Party, a center-right group, which includes uh, the German and Christian Gem Democrats, uh, the party of von der Leyen, the party is reported to be considering withdrawing its support from the European Commission's Green Deal. That is set a set of proposals which will include, for example, an EU-wide target for eliminating net carbon emissions by 2050. Germany now seems to be taking over from France as a seabed of opposition. So last week, um, there was an article on an excellent green energy proposal from France. 
says, I'm not accustomed to seeing good news, good proposals for France, but here it goes. Macron calls for regulatory break in green laws to help industry. Thank you. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Let's go over here to Christine. So I think she's, I'm going to nope. probably step away and okay. you just finish the show. Okay. I can come and get you when it's time. All right. Do you think you can handle it? You're going to come and get me when they need me? Yep. All right. Where am I screen sharing? I'm over here. All right. So one of our favorite, Christine here, uh, Anderson, she says, speak up and stop complying and start rebelling. Come on. I can't hear her. Oh, wait. Hear it. Volume. World. For God's sake, stop giving your democratically elected governments the benefit of the doubt. They are not deserving of that. They are not. Stop rationalizing whatever your government is doing. Try, stop rationalizing and come up with some good intentions. They have no good intentions. Never, as I said before, in the entire history of mankind, there has never been a political elite concerned about the well-being of regular people. <laughs> and it isn't any different now. Why should it stop giving them the benefit of the doubt? Mm. Because I can tell you, you cannot comply your way Ooh. out of a tyranny. Wow. It is impossible. Wow. Trying to do so, you will only feed a gigantic alligator wow. in the hopes of being eaten last. Wow. But guess what? Your turn will come mm. and then you will be the one swallowed up. I also have to ask the people, end your silence. Mm. Speak up. For God's sake, stop complying. Mm. Start rebelling. They're out to get you if you do not resist. I would also urge you to stop voting for those who inflict this psychological abuse on you, mm. who mock you for their own good. Mm. In order to deal with this unfree world, to defy this unfree world, I have decided to become so absolutely free that my very existence is an act of rebellion. Oh, that's so good. So Christine actually is in Germany. She's so powerful. She's in the EU parliament. All right. Uh, let's go to Neil Oliver, a clip from this week. Um, he is so good on seeing where we are at with the WHO, the World Economic Forum, and, and how they're trying to take over the farms. Driving is to make people feel that they, we as a species, are responsible for some uh, existential crisis for planet Earth. Mm. That because of our presence here, and because of the fact that we raise livestock, mm. grow crops, and eat the food that we eat, that we're going to bring the planet to an end. That has been deeply ingrained in swathes of more than one generation of people. You know, they've got too many of the people on the run now thinking that Homo sapiens is to blame for all of the planet's ills. And that ground having been prepared, pardon the pun, is enabling them to bring in the next stage, which is we, the government, operating on behalf of transnational corporations, have the right and indeed the obligation 
to take the land away from the farmers, to centralise control of the land, to centralise control of food production for your good and to start to undo the harm that you and your ancestors have done to this planet. It's evil, mm. the misinformation that has been sown in the minds of generations of people. Yeah. It's what it's always about. It's what it's always about. It's the few, the rich, seizing control of more and more of the land because it gives them power. Land. You know, we try to talk about, you know, getting gold and silver, but land as well and praying that you get the right land. I'm going to come back to that in a second uh, and kind of finish with that thought. But going back to cash and why I believe you should get it out of the bank now. Because if you have bank, if you have cash in the bank, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, these bank runs are very real. Withdrawing your own cash, Nat uh, Nat West Bank wants to know why and see proof. So um, looking to withdraw cash here, I believe this one is from Canada. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is in Canada. This, um, let me see. This. Oop, nope. We'll just allow. So, uh, National NatWest. Is this um, Canadian, guys? I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. So, it is. You see this cash withdrawal policy here. Says our... Um, our primary aim is to keep customers safe and secure, and our branches follow our processes carefully to achieve this. This will include asking you questions about the purpose of your cash withdrawal. We may also ask for supporting documentation such as an invoice. This helps us validate the withdrawal as genuine and protect you against fraud and scams. Please note that it is advisable to give 24 hours notice for large cash withdrawals, amounts over 2,000 pounds, I guess that's pounds right there, or if you would like specific denominations, get this, in some instances, we may choose to decline the cash withdrawal based on information provided surrounding the transaction at the branch's own discretion. Here in Canada, or, or no, wait. So that was in Canada, where was that? That was had to be in Great Britain, right? Because this is saying here in Canada, at least for a few years predating COVID, the four big banks have been routinely asking why you are taking cash out whenever you withdraw anything over a couple thousand dollars. However, you can tell them pretty much, well, anything because I want it, none of your business. Um, he says, I haven't heard of a case where a withdrawal has been denied. But now we're going to start seeing it formalized in policy language of banks. The war on cash has been in full swing for a long time. And we talked about this with India's banning large denominations. Um, it portends a wider initiative across the entire Eurozone. This is laying the groundwork um, for the CBDCs. So what do you guys think? Um, I think... Doo -doo 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 -doo, going back to the main. I'm sorry, I am... Not Michelle, as you can tell. Which one? Oh, it's over here. It's like so many buttons. Boom. There I am. And there you will be. So this, um, this show today was about CBDCs. Um, showing that we need to get back to gold and silver. And that 
these guys and kind of end with this. And I, I know I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the more and more I look into all the problems, I find one solution. And I believe it is pulling out of their fake fiat system. And if this could really, really, really help stop all the evil happening. Hey, Michelle, can you bring me down the, um, the CBD oil, please? And the therapeutic rub thing. So before I go, before I go, oh, I got two computers. Am I left-handed? Can I do that? No. No, not really. There's an economic crisis in South Africa. And it has worsened this year with uh, rolling power blackouts contributing to much of the problem. This week, the situation was exacerbated <laughs> when organized crime. I think it's the guys at Zero Hedge love that art, love that word. This is a Zero Hedge article. Ex when somebody corrects me on a word and how to say it right, I don't want to say it. I, I literally, it hurts me because I'm such, like I'm a rebel. I want to say it the other way now just because, despite, um, it hurts me now. Exacerbated. I said it. I don't want to say it right now. Uh, when organized crime gangs targeted the rail infrastructure, connecting the nation's wealthiest province with the top container port, causing widespread disruptions in trade. Taking all these factors into account, the African National Congress, a social democratic uh, po political party in the country, warned that the country would become a failed state. The ongoing power blackout story in South Africa is nothing new for readers. But the economic crisis worsened this week for another reason. Theft, vandalism, and rail damage by gangs that left a... And then you guys, you guys want to see this. You want to see it. Oh, and by the way, Victor Orban says there will be no victory for poor Ukrainians. Yikes. Tell us how you really feel. All right. Hey, you, where'd you go? Major disruption, major disruption. There we are. Okay, so I'm going to screen share so you guys can see what's going on in South Africa this week. It's our world news program. Joining us, we're taking you around the world, doing the news around the world. Okay, so here we have, looks like a 428-mile rail line from the port of Durban to uh, Guanteng. Provide province operating at just 25% capacity. For the past week, there have been a total of 39 security-related incidents targeting critical areas on the main line, resulting in the closure line. Armed gangs are attacking South Africa's state-owned infrastructure, disrupting electricity-generating plants to freight rail lines. If the container rail line between Durban and Guantang isn't resolved promptly, this might dent trade with other nations. The security incidents might force some companies to do business elsewhere. Uh, Transnet said that at least 58 trains are stuck on the rail line or in staging yards due to disruptions. So crazy disruptions happening there in South Africa as long as they, like, they need any more problems. Jeez. Speaking of problems... Aaron Brockovich was asked what's going on with um, Ohio, uh, with uh, Palestine, and now the lawsuits begin in the long grind. And we are hoping that God moves in a powerful way. Speaking of moving in a powerful way, 
you guys know that we've been moving dirt in this pool. I moved so much dirt, big, heavy dirt, and it was really hard. And I haven't hurt my back in a long time, pulled a muscle or anything. Two days ago, three days ago, three days ago, I woke up. And so I woke up, it was Friday morning. Friday morning I woke up and I was like, oh no. And I normally have stretches that I do because I was an athlete and I had hurt my back. I, 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 in the past, I've been able to um, work through back issues through stretches that I do. Well, I did my stretches and it still hurt and it hurt all day. And I was looking for a back brace. Michelle had her back brace and nothing. I worked it out. It's one of those things. If you work it out and you kind of work it, it gets a little bit better. Yesterday, I woke up and I was like, I can't move. I can't, why? I cannot bend over to put my socks on. This is painful. And I still have a lot of stuff I have to do today and I cannot be sidelined. And I have to admit something to you guys. See this? I... This is expensive stuff. It's like gold to me. Extreme terpenes from the Organic Body Essentials. Let's see if I've got a thing here. From the... Oh, that's an NPEG. <coughs> from the Organic Body Essentials. And I have not needed it, so I didn't want to waste it. All right? Oh, that's a... It's an NPEG. That's an... No... I don't want that. Let me see. Oh, that is. Okay, there we go. I've been saving it for people who need this. Like Michelle with her hip. Michelle says it works really great. My mom says it works great. Um, I believe my uncle used it. And, and, you know, I'm really going by Michelle saying this works great. And a bunch of great testimonies. And if, if somebody's in pain, if somebody has an issue that I don't have, I, I want to promote something that works. This is the PM version. I didn't take the PM. I took the anytime version yesterday morning and I took her intense therapeutic gel and she says, I took this internally and then she says, mix it a little bit, just a few drops on your finger with this and put it where it hurts. So Friday, I tried to stretch and stretch and stretch and I couldn't get the pain gone. It was just, I couldn't, it was just pain all day. Saturday, I woke up and I took this and within an hour, well, within 30 minutes, I noticed a huge difference. Almost instantly, I noticed a difference. Within an hour, I was back to normal and I could move. Woke up stiff again today and I took it and I put this on and again, I can move and I can bend over and I can put my shoes on again. And so I, I'm telling you, if you know somebody, if you love somebody, uh, there, I don't know how many servings are in here. I guess 30. Okay. Think of this as natural painkiller. I was literally going to do an, like a video, just a video on this yesterday. This is better than painkillers or muscle relaxers. Is a painkiller or muscle relaxer in one? I don't suggest you live on it. Maybe you can. I don't know. 
it's supposed to build up in your system so that you don't need it all the time. Michelle says she doesn't need it for her hip. She's used it and it kind of goes, and maybe it doesn't work for every pain and everything. I don't know. This is the one pain I had. And I, I, I know what I didn't do on Friday and I had pain all day. And then I woke up and I took in the morning this morning and it, and I'm guessing it's like a muscle that's kind of got to really get worked out. This, how much is a doctor visit going to cost you? And then painkillers and muscle relaxers on top of that. You can keep this on hand for somebody who has a pain issue in your family. And the intense therapeutic gel goes a long way. It's got amazing, it's got menthol, calendula, arnica, comfrey, rosemary, cayenne, aloe, uh, marshmallow, just all these really great ingredients. And you can mix it with this. And I'm telling you, I know, I, listen, if your budget's tight, take some turmeric and stretch. And I understand tight budgets. But if you're going to have to go to the doctor anyway to get a painkiller or a muscle relaxer, and you're going to have to pay the office visit, this, try this first. If you're going to have, if you have a pain, if you know somebody with arthritis, you've got some issues. I think I, it's like a miracle working thing to me. It is. It's, a, it's amazing. And it does, it's not marijuana. It's not getting you high. I didn't feel any different except for I could bend over. So there is that. All right. Again, guys, with the ITM trading, that, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go if you have, um, I have to, I guess I have to turn the other one off. If you've got your savings, if you've got your IRA, get into some gold and silver. Let them walk you through it. Schedule a call. How am I going to do my land? They even, they've told me sometimes it's like six calls before people make the change over. Whoa. Holy cow. Right? I would think that if I'm sending you, you're ready to do it. But you can call them. Ask them. Hey, listen, I've got this 401k. I've got this IRA. I've got this savings. How can I do this so that, you know, I can still access certain amounts of money, certain amounts of cash, um, how do I, you know, if I'm going to need to access this later, how do I get it, get to it? Um, that kind of stuff, call them, let them walk you through it. It's, uh, 1-866-950-7776. You're going to feel good when you're sleeping at night and you're like, I have something I can hold. This is my wealth preservation. And one day it's not going to be an investment. This is something the Lord spoke to me. Gold and silver is not an investment. And I know God put this on my mom's heart. And I know it sounds like you're, we're talking about money. No, I'm talking about being fair. I'm talking about being just. And I'm talking about pulling out and destroying their system that they have propped up that allows them to do World War One. Allows them, you know, there's no World War One without the fake fiat dollar. All these countries, including Poland, came off the gold standard to fund World War One. And then the stock market crashed. And then we have World War II. And then we've had a perpetual war and evil and debauchery ever since. Because as soon as you start to deceive people and deceive whole nations, you're going down the wrong path. All right. So I'm going to sign off here. Remember, this is our world news program. So we are going to see you guys uh, tomorrow on Corey's uh, Kingdom Roundtable. You can come to Resistance Chicks. You can come to Resistance Chicks Rumble. Please, somebody go and like and subscribe to Resistance Chicks Rumble. Um... It's hilarious to me. When I checked, it was 6,666 subscribers. So if you could just get a few friends to subscribe and get us maybe to, you know, 
a little over that so that we could not be at the 666, which I found hilarious. I don't find anything bad about it. I just found it hilarious. Somebody's at some point you're going to be at 666 and everything, right? So come and join us and then come us, uh, come back with us. Uh, Corey will join us again on Wednesday, uh, for the kingdom. Um, you know, what are we calling it? The revelation red pill. And please go back and watch the Daniel 70 weeks and the Daniel for the beasts, the four beasts. I think you're going to learn a lot, especially if you're a Christian, especially if you've been reading your Bible for a long time and you want to make sense of the book of Daniel, we break it down. I think it's really, I listened back to it. I enjoyed it. I learned from myself. I love to do that kind of stuff. So we love you. God has a wonderful plan for your life. I hope that you have a great day. Uh, you're going to see a lot. You're going to see us this week. So uh, I'm going to sign off here. I have to, Michelle, which was, which one's, the, I think it's this one.